things MMA on KCLR. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always, as we do every week, by Miles Price of Team Rhino Kilkenny. Miles, how are you? How are things? Hey, week's going well, Ken. Uh, apart from the miserable weather there outside, but sure, look, we'll we'll survive. We're all stuck indoors, most of us anyway. So. I think so. Yeah, I think we're going to be stuck indoors for for another few weeks yet. If any, or if last night's announcements or anything to go by, uh, Miles. Last week uh, we had a crack and chat with Pat Divley, and we'll be circling back around to those topics of of wellness over the next couple of weeks. Uh, for this week, we're back with a, a firm focus on all things MMA, and one of the stories um, that's been doing the rounds in the news over the last couple of days is a possible return for former uh, bantamweight champion in the UFC, TJ Dillashaw. So TJ has been out of the sport and out of competitive action since he was popped for EPO in January two years ago. It's 2019. Now he had a two-year USADA suspension uh, on you know, keeping him out of the sport. Um, that's what happens for, for people mm. who are of the, the uninitiated side of things. So he failed the drug test. He's banned for two years. Um, he vacates the title. Uh, and this comes off the back of him openly admitting that he had taken EPO in the build-up to his fight with uh, Henry Cejudo. There's a couple of things at play here right. that I want to get your opinion on. One... Um, if TJ is to make a return, should he be straight back into the title picture where where he left off? And two, and it's it's probably more of a more of a, a, a broader discussion. If somebody as as an athlete knowingly um, takes performance enhancers, they 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 get caught out. Should the UFC bring him back? I mean, I, I'm guessing they'll they'll have a look at it and go, it would be good business because he's a good fighter. Um, he's he's had some some pretty sterling fights over the years. Um, does does the business tend to cloud the the ethics side of things or, or mask the, the cheating side of things? Or is it a case of he was done, he cheated, he served his time, uh, let him let him back in the sport and let's let's keep going where we were going. Have you have you any thoughts first off on, on his possible return? Um, I, I think that he's a tasty mix into the bantamweight division. I think that he's uh, he's definitely um, one of those guys that if you put him back into the top five, that he's going to be uh, a stable in in the contention for the for the title. To be honest, I think he's very good. He's established himself over and over again. And uh, in regards to taking performance enhancing drugs, pers- personally, I think on a per- personal level. That um, it shows a lot of mental weakness, to be honest with you, you know, and I think it shows insecurities, and I think that can be brought into the the cage as well, and that's could be the reason why he lost some of the fights, mm. you know what I mean, like the Henry Cejudo fight, etc. You know what I mean? He could have been taken. He could have been taken that for that fight. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's been taking it for every single fight, you know. True. He could have just taken it for that fight, you know. Yeah, and I feel like that. Um, it, in regards to, yeah, he served. I think I think he deserves a second shot. I mean, like I I don't think there's there's good or bad here. We all make mistakes. I feel like that that if he served his time and he's and he's tested regularly, then why not let him back in? As long as he's not taking uh, that stuff while he's 
on the lead up for a 10, 12 week camp, then it's not going to have an effect on the fight. Like obviously over a longer duration, it would have had an effect on his performance. But I mean, you know, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, like it's the amount of drugs that are in sports as a whole. You know, anybody that watched that yeah. uh, documentary, Icarus on Netflix, like, I mean, that's just a taster of what's out there really. You know, it's, it's part of sports, whether you like it or not. It's it's part of sports. There's a lot of gray areas there, you know, and TJ is just the one that got caught. You know, there's lots of guys in the UFC and American football in soccer. I'm sure in GAA, you get caught with a couple of lads there if you actually did the regular testing. Like, I'm, yeah. it's just part of sports, like, you know. So, so I feel like that the UFC as well, from a business standpoint, is a business. So they're not going to go like, they're not going to have a moral high ground on this. Like they're going to go like, he's a tasty to make a bit of money, get him in there. Yeah. And, and we have, we have seen that done before where fighters have served suspensions. They've come back and, you know, we know that they're going to be in the mix for John Jones. Prime example. Um, it comes back and you, you know, you're, you're still headlining your pay-per-views and you're headlining your main events and you're, you're fighting for the titles or trying to reclaim what was lost. He's got two years out of, out of competitive action. Um, it, it, absolutely does not mean that he has had two years away from training or two years away from the sport in in any regard he could have been training every day for the last two years and getting ready for what may be uh, a potential title fight what may be his ufc comeback um what do you think that journey may be like for somebody knowing that you've 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 got it you've got a long road to travel before you before you get back uh in regards to John Jones, no, no, no. In re- well, in regards to in regards to we're using using TJ as the as the example as the current story. So you've you've got you've got two years before a now nothing is guaranteed at the end of the two years, but I would assume that if you want to work your ass off for the two years and get back in the mix, that you gotta you gotta put in a you gotta put in a lot of work. Yeah, you do need to put in a lot of work, and the biggest risk in regards to taking uh, long durations off in between fights is ring rust. You know, it's 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 not rusty in regards to the to the body. I don't feel. You know what I mean? I think it's more so rusty in regards to uh, mental. I, I preach about this a lot because I feel like it's so important. Is the mental preparation and the emotional preparation? You know, if you haven't got that on point. And then you're not going to feel comfortable in there. Like, you know what I mean? You could be as sharp as you could. Like, I feel like that McGregor looked the best he ever did, like in regards to fight camp, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For his last fight against Dustin. But you could see that there was a bit of ring rust involved there in regards to, and game planning issues, I feel, in regards to that competition. I feel like TJ could be running into the same issues. I think anybody that takes a long duration of time off between competing is it's going to take an emotional and mental toll on your body. And, you know, it all depends on what you're doing in between the two years off. Are you training on a regular basis? Are you sharpening your tools on a regular basis? And then, you know, you'll have to put more time into the mental practice, like negative visualization, visualizing, meditating, journaling, active visualization while you're in training, visualizing like, or you know, making sure that your setting is correct for sparring. Like, you know, they do this notoriously in SBG, which is a great practice is uh, they, um, you know, they kind of do like, they do this up in Fight Academy Ireland in the North as well, actually, where they, um, you know, they kind of do like walk-in music. Uh, The gym is completely empty. There's no music at all. You walk in, you have your set corner man, the other corner has their corner man. So they simulate 
basically uh, like what a fight night would be like, you know, so that's a great way to prepare for things like that. So those little details, if you're applying those things, then yeah, I think that you'd be okay. But uh, in regards to ring rust, it's still there. I don't think you can, you can get as close as you can to shaking it off after a long duration of between taking off fights, but it's still going to be there somewhat to a degree for sure. So with, with that said, then would would the UFC be better served having TJ in a, in a couple of tune up fights? I mean, the the bantamweight division, in fairness, it's become pretty active. There's a lot of people kind of circling and and knocking on the door. Jose Aldo is in there. Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan are going at it for the title uh, next weekend. Uh, when we were chatting with Uriah Faber last week or the week before earlier this month anyway he had shown interest in um in a fight with tj that's a big business fight not necessarily a not necessarily a title fight but there's there's history and there's there's beef and things there um would you would you put him back into the straight back into the title side of things or go okay well look it's it's time to take your place in the in the queue there's talks between him and uriah they're going to do the uriah fight i would have thought you know yeah and that's a be strong, strong contender for them too, because that's a business decision. Yeah, it's like the bad motherfucker belt, isn't it? You know what I mean? For Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, that's a big, great business decision. You know, it's marketing. It's like McGregor and the Mayweather fight. They had like a money belt. Like, does it mean yeah. anything? It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> but it's great marketing. It's great business. So I think they probably will go for that. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> well, also in the also in the news uh, this week. And we'll bring it back to, to last weekend. So the fights are continuing in, in Vegas at the Apex. We had UFC Vegas 19. Um, main event was a turn of, of heavyweights. I'm a real fan of Derek Lewis as just being an open, honest slugger of a, of a man. He's had some big losses. He's had some big wins. Um, but he's always picked himself up with with so much heart and and continues to to fight his fight. He's going up against number two ranked heavyweight Curtis Blades, who showed so much promise. But in in looking at a couple of articles across the week, the 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 gloss and the or the, the the shine doesn't seem to be there anymore. I don't know whether it's the UFC don't know how to how to push him or or how to promote him but i would have imagined that if they saw blades up against Derek lewis that they'll think Derek lewis will just do what Derek lewis does he might get himself a little bit tired uh blades will use the the grappling where he's, he's that bit stronger uh and he should pick up an easy win over Derek lewis he was going in as the heavy favorite the result, as we all know it at this stage, is that Derek Lewis knocked out uh, Curtis Blades in the second round, uh, which from from a betting point of view may be the biggest betting upset uh, in the UFC for, for a main event in, in quite some time. I, I see it as that the UFC had planned that Curtis Blades would win and then you build off the back of that plan. But as we've seen time and time again, we've already seen this year in the same case as you, you mentioned with Connor and Dustin, that a lot would have been made off Connor having beaten Dustin and nobody, I think, anticipating too much the, the victory and the manner of the victory for Dustin. Similarly, the victory and the manner of the victory for Derek Lewis. Uh, where do you think this may leave Derek Lewis and where do you think this may leave 
um, Curtis Blades because much like we've just said with the bantamweight side of things, the heavyweight division in the UFC also very busy. Mm. Um, I feel like Derek Lewis. Uh, I'm I'm I can see why you'd be a big fan of his. He's a very entertaining character. His Instagram is very entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a bit gruesome, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is. He just has that shock factor about him, doesn't yeah. he? You know that type of guy and I feel like that you know he has such a anybody that's like a knockout artist with a personality is going to do very well in the in the fight business you know and he's a knockout artist with a personality so you know it's not about what makes sense in the rankings like the old days in the UFC it's going to be uh, who makes the biggest noise who knocks people out in amazing fashion and who gives the, the best entertainment to the fans and I feel like that Derek you could quite easily see him in a, in a title fight again, to be honest, you know, yeah. I could see that happening. Like, you know, and I feel like that Curtis Blades, you know, he's not really as a standard character, is he? You know, he's not very, uh, you know, uh, entertaining in the sense of, you know, like compared to Derek Lewis. Um, yeah, he's, I feel he's like a bit of a Tyron Woodley type of character. He is, isn't he? Yeah, and it's not quite as entertaining for the for the fans. You know, that doesn't take anything from his skill set, and from a competitor standpoint, like myself, I feel like that he's a great athlete. But you know, facts are facts. You know, he's a he's a fan favorite, Derek Lewis. We're probably going to see him win one more, or even I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him in a title fight next. So, um, if you the likes of. Curtis Blades is always going to take the longer road, so he's probably going to have to have a couple fights before he gets up there again now yeah him. well it's 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 starting to look that way all right i know volkov picked up the win over uh alistair overeem stipe and francis and gano are going to go at it later in march john jones uh yet to make his heavyweight debut and it could be an interesting matchup the likes of the likes of um john jones and curtis blades different styles it just doesn't it doesn't sound marketable that uh, to be honest, you know, uh, I'd see John Jones and Derek Lewis. That would be a good fight. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine that. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, why not? Why yeah, not? Like, that's, exactly. that's like why that's not? like why not? The UFC don't care. Like, you know, they know that that's a big win-win fight for John, but the fans are going to pay for it because they're like, will Derek knock him out? And you know, <laughs> but John's going to he'd out he'd out he'd out technique and out. He'd go for the long run there and uh, he'd be the turtle against the, the hare in that one, I think. You know, True so, enough. Um, but, well, if, yeah, people, if people want to see... I think that would the, be a good fight. If people want to see the knockout uh, of uh, Curtis Blades at the hand of Derek Lewis, uh, you can check it out online at scoreline.ie. Uh, Miles, we'll, uh, I know next week we're, we're going to be touching on, on um, some of the issues around the regulation of, of MMA in Ireland. So uh, I wanted to throw an eye just uh, a little onto UFC 259. So this is, again, we're, we're kind of starting to motor through the big events for the UFC uh, for the year while, while the promotion are, are still actively putting on events. Uh, and I know we, we've touched on um, Jan Blakovic and, and Israel Adesanya before, but they will be, um, they will be the main event. On, on scoreline.ie during the week, we'd uh, taken a look at the, the poster and some of the early stages of the card. So the three big title fights we've got Jan Blakovich and Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight title uh, 
Blakovich, obviously enough, uh, the lightweight, light heavyweight uh, title holder, Adesanya moving up from middleweight as the middleweight champion. Um, we're getting closer to the fight. I don't know if your opinion has has changed anything on it. You had reckoned the last time that we that we brought this up that Adesanya might be just a little bit out of his depth on this one, and that we should still see Blakovich as yeah. the light heavyweight champion. Yeah, I watched the I watched that fight again just on my break there yesterday from work and the um against him and that was a Ray Dominic Ray fought, yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, poor man. Just see he 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 seems to 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 throw some hefty damage with his shots as well though, doesn't he? You know, I mean his shots look a bit robotic and he looks a bit kind of like, you know, just rigid, but Jesus, when he when he hits, he just hits so hard, like you know. And I think that Adesanya, yes, most definitely has a shot in winning. You know, I, I think it's a I think it's a close call this fight. But I just feel like Jan is big. He's going to be able to take the shots. He's going to be prepared for. You know, I just keep on going back to the likes of the Kevin Gastelum fight, where you know Kevin's so small for a middleweight, like you know, and. and he just he still took, got to he still took him down like you know and, and I feel like that I think it was once he took him down yeah and I just feel like if Jan was on top of him <laughs> I just don't feel like it's going to be able to get up from that you know yeah. now I could be completely wrong like Adesanya is the type of guy that he's that he could go and prove everybody wrong but it's just my instincts are telling me that Jan is going to play the the safe game grind it out if he gets taken down he's he's a heavier specimen on top and. He could he could be throwing a bit of damage with the strikes, as yeah. well, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Well, interested to see where it goes. He has, like you're saying, the the win over Reyes was fairly emphatic. Corey Anderson before that uh, says a win over Luke Rockhold. He's, he's I think he's only dropped one um, dropped one fight in his last nine or ten. Uh, so that's the main event. That's Israel Adesanya and Jan Belkovich for UFC uh, two fifty nine. The uh, next next in line for that we're yeah. seeing. Um, Amanda Nunes, we talked about Amanda Nunes before Christmas, trying to imagine what her 2021 would look like when it appears that all you can do is is win and defend titles. And she's she's won and defended and won and defended. And even when she goes the five rounds and she's gone, she's gone five rounds in her last who she went five rounds against uh, Felicia Spencer she went five rounds against Jermaine Randomy at the tail end of 2019 and and then Felicia Spencer was last summer even though she's she's going five rounds she kind of looks like she's she's still toying with her opposition a little bit it's like she'll she'll let them into the game she'll start quite uh she'll start quite strong she'll get to that moment where she realizes that she's in no trouble here she still manages to control the fight over the next two sorry three. sorry who sorry which competitor which uh, amanda nunes what, what competitor are you be talking about amanda, amanda nunes, nunes. Yeah. yeah 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 um and I, I, I think that we could be at that stage Sorry, Ken. <laughs> I was going to say that I feel like <laughs> I was uh, going to cross there. I was going to say um, that I feel like Anana, Amanda Nunes is almost at that stage where John Jones was before, mm. where she's wiped out so much of the division that it's become stagnant now to a degree. Nobody seems to be close, do they? You know. 
She hasn't lost since 2015. Wow. Since yeah. five, five or six. In the time, Valentina Shevchenko, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Valentina again, Raquel Pennington, uh, defeating Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy, last uh, 2019, Felicia Spencer last year. Megan Anderson, um, Megan Anderson is up against her. Megan is coming into this with a 10 and 4 record. She's won her last uh, two fights, both inside the last kind of 12 uh, to 14 months. But I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. She's, uh, as far as I know, she's the f- number five ranked featherweight. Um, but the, the, it's like you said, that she's, she's cleaned out so much. There doesn't seem to be that many, that many options. Um, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, even at the featherweight side of things, would the UFC draw a line under the women's featherweight division? Oh God, that's an interesting concept uh, idea there. Um, you know, the, yeah. the way, we, the way it, we would have seen it with the men's flyweight side of things, you've got Demetrius Johnson at the time that was hoovering up, um, you know, win after win after win after win after win, and it was just becoming a little bit uneventful. Now, unless unless it was a case of Nunes going, okay, well, look, I've got this win you know it's not like she can it's not like she can move up again that that doesn't mm. um that doesn't exist you know so i i don't know where she, i don't know where she goes from here i can't i can't see it i can't see the fight going any other way than a win for amanda nunes mm. she should probably go into the male featherweight division i think it's the only option for her at this stage <laughs> and and clean, and clean up there why not I think so. Yeah, she has she has the potential to and the skills anyway. I say she gives a lot of guys a hard time up in the uh, up in American top team. I would have thought, you know, inside so. of things. Um, yeah. Well, let let's say let's say that she takes a let's say that she takes a title and it's it's kind of uh, an expectation that's going to happen. Um, the other uh, the other title fight that's on the card is uh, Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight title. So we've already had kind of reference to to TJ Dillashaw and him. He's obviously going to have a keen eye on this fight to see what, to see what happens. Um, both of them coming in to this uh, on the back of five or six fight streaks. Even Yan, uh, I think Yan hasn't tasted defeat since he signed into the UFC and he's not going to run the UFC now two or three years in that time uh, he had the win over Jose Aldo late in the fifth round when they fought last summer he had the win mm. over uh, Uriah Faber the year previous uh, Jimmy Rivera John Dodson um, and he's 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 really kind of worked his way up um, to where he is now Corey Sandhagen is probably closest or probably next in line I would imagine for, for yeah. a crack at the at the title but for for Aljamain Sterling for Peter Yan have you thoughts on how this one plays out? I'm kind of pushing towards Peter Yan I feel like that he's kind of uh, on, I think he's underrated sometimes you know I feel like that he's very very good and I, he's very durable as well like he kind of took all the shots that Jose Aldo threw at him and he kept moving forward and he ended up kind of winning in a pretty dominant fashion I feel in the end so um, I feel like Sterling does have a chance to win because of his his style he's a very unorthodox style he's a lot of great credentials behind him as well and he's been in the UFC for a long time but uh, I just feel like Jan is probably, you know, I think that he has a good, solid foundation of martial arts skills and he could end up just winning out the 
I'd say he could TKO him in round four or five, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it just went all the way to a decision. And, and the likes of Corey Sandhagen, I think is, I think he could actually take the title. To be honest, uh, I think he's been super impressive, and he's super big and long for the division as well. And um, you know, the knockout against Frankie just broke my heart. But I mean, very impressive. Yeah. yeah. He did. He did look fairly fresh against Frankie, and his only his only defeat in the last again in the last nine or ten has been against um, has been against Aljo Sterling. So it'll be an interesting one to to keep an eye on. Uh, Miles, how's yeah. how's everything? How's everything else in the world before we before we wrap up? All going well on the the training side and the coaching side of things. All going well on the online coaching side of things. Yeah, I'm busy bee in that department and just trying to get my 10,000 steps in a day and get a bit of training myself when I can. So that's pretty much it on the coaching and lifestyle side at the moment. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're, we're going to be touching on those topics, as we said, over the next couple of weeks as well. This has been All Things MMA. He's been Miles Price. I've been Ken McGuire. You can catch up online and read the articles across the week at scoreline.ie. Catch the live show weekends on KCLR from two or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do your podcast listening. Until next week, good luck. Good luck.